Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Show's namesake BJ Shea is on assignment. Running the boards is Joey Dees. Hi. Hello. On today's show, Vicky is going to be sent to HR. No. We're going to be talking about the spinoff of Big Mouth Human Resources. Yay! We're going to talk about the Princess Bride cookbook and ask the question, what world or universe would you like to cook or eat food from? Because we love talking about food. We will talk about how Sam Jackson would love to play Mace Windu again. Maybe we'll get into that more, but of course we'll get to the geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. More, 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 more. <laughs> <laughs> Or just search for BJ Shay's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey. Yeah, lots of ways to uh, interact with us. And I state many, many times on this on this show, uh, if you've got something that we don't cover because we can't cover everything, let us know what you're checking out. Maybe it's a video game that you're like, you should be talking about this. And we try to stay up to date on stuff, but again, we can't do everything. So send us a message. Send us your reviews. Let us know what you love to play, what you love to watch, what you love to do. Just make it geeky. <laughs> now, Vicky, you you kind of love all of the weird, dirty animated shows. There is a lot of them. Apparently there is a ton of them. Like, uh, I'd mentioned Big Mouth. Uh, also, Crossing Swords is a big one as well. Oh, yeah. That, it's the uh, same people who did uh, or do Robot Chicken. Yeah. Obviously, like the, the Seth Green. <laughs> that one's really, really filthy. Some are Very more filthy. filthy than others. I'm really into Inside Job on Netflix through BJ's recommendation. It's not as dirty, but they swear a lot. Okay, yeah. Uh Obviously, Archer. I really love, I mean, not so much anymore. I like the first few seasons because I remember watching them on TV when I was like nine or ten years old, a family guy. Yeah. But mm-hmm. all, all those I'm a huge fan of. And anytime there's a new one, it's like, I got to check it out. And I didn't even realize that this was going to be an offshoot. I've seen some ads for it, but, and uh, uh, I guess a, uh, uh, what do you call those side? Spinoff. Spinoff. That's the word I was yep. looking for. Of Big Mouth is human resources. And have you guys seen Big Mouth at all? Yes, yes. You told yeah. me to watch it, yeah. and it's uh, basically about grade school kids who like, are yeah, dealing middle school. middle school dealing with the uh, the the, the lifestyle chains of yes of their hormones, <laughs> and then the hormone monsters that uh, I don't want to say help them navigate through stuff. Usually, kind of cause all the chaos. They cause chaos and kind of help them figure out what is it that I'm feeling. Why am I feeling this? Uh, very. Very filthy. <laughs> uh, it is very accurate, though, because sometimes, like, that is what we thought when we were younger and, like, all the misconceptions and all the cringy things that we did. Oh, yeah. And I know BJ started watching it because I told him to. He's like, I'm finally watching. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Again, <laughs> again, I knew you'd like it. And I have watched, uh, I think, I've, I've watched a lot of the first season. Mm-hmm. And again, it's super filthy. So, I mean, just be ready for that. Uh, at some points, I was not. So, no. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, Joe. Did you watch it? I have not watched it. No. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, this is gonna sound a little uh, not unexpected, but I think I'm liking Human Resources more. Really? Uh, because yes, it's obviously adults voicing voicing the kids in um, in Big Mouth, but in this one, you're dealing with all the different monsters that are that's in our everything. So you have you know 
your logic monster, which is like, it looks like a big Stonehenge type humanoid. <laughs> uh, you have your love bugs, the ones that like get you to fall in love. They all have, there's different departments. There's uh, like in this one, you have Petra, the uh, ambition gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> the ambition. There's the criminal. depression kitties. Oh, so it's just like every single like big emotion or big thing. There's uh, what is it? The grief monster. I forget his name. It's like every one of these thing uh, monsters come into your life when certain things happen, and obviously the hormone monsters being a big one. There's even like the addiction angel, who is gets you into all your addictions and. <laughs> l- Seriously, Nick Kroll, how do you get such an all-star cast? Dude, I'm looking at the cast list mm-hmm. here, and this is nuts. I mean, going from recurring roles to guest stars to just the people who are the main cast as oh, well. Yeah. Like, first off, there are uh, an amazing amount of SNL uh, alumni oh, or yeah. current actors, and I'm really kind of stoked about this because A.D. Bryant's one of my favorite people really? right now on SNL. Dude, she is so effing funny. So she's basically the main character of the series. Yes, you're oh, following. Oh, wow, okay. You're following all of the different hormone monsters and all the different monsters of different, uh, of what's it called? Different, not, not not sectors, but different, uh, oh, what is it called? Like HRs in one and, you know, you got. Departments. 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 There we Thank go. You. Why can't words. we brain? Yeah, we're hard today, man. Uh, but basically you're following around Emmy who was the assistant to another love bug, but she never really paid attention. She didn't have any ambition. She was all, like getting drunk every weekday, just doing whatever. And then her boss gets fired and she's they're like, okay, cool. You got to take over her job now. She's like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> and it's, it's her learning about like, she's like, I've never been in love. I don't love anybody. Like, like she's hooking up with an addiction angel who is voiced by Hugh Jackman. Are you serious? Yeah, wow. So some, some of the things he says, like, oh, no, it's cool. I just uh, I have a bunch of bath salts in a certain <laughs> crevice, and I'm going to go fight a telephone pole. And he's in his Australian accent, too. Sounds about right. Oh, my God. Like, wow, just, like, looking at this cast list again, like, just as a small amount of them, uh, like I talked about A.D. Bryant, Randall Park. He plays the logic rock monster, and he, he he's actually one of the main characters, too. Fantastic job. Uh, Maya Rudolph. Uh, yeah, which she was, she's. A lot of characters in Big Mouth. That's funny. And then, like, Nick Kroll, again, yes. obviously a bunch of different uh, different ones. Uh, Maria Bamford, I love as a comic. Ali Wong, Mike Birbiglia. Maria, which one's Maria? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, she's Tito the uh, Anxiety Mosquito. <laughs> Tito the Anxiety Mosquito. It's like this little mosquito that's like, oh, my God, your baby's going to be born with a cone head. And that's what Rosie Perez is in this? Oh, she is uh, the... Uh, Ambition Gremlin. She's such a bee. <laughs> oh, it is filthy. Do not watch this with your children. Like Lupita Nyongo is in it. Like if you go to IMDb, it says that all these characters on are in every episode, and that's not the case. Uh, they just haven't yeah. updated it yet. But uh, David Thwillis, uh, he was in uh, Harry Potter. He was in Big Mouth as well. He's the shame wizard. He plays Lupin. <laughs> if you guys are Harry Potter fans, but Lupin is in this, and they even make a joke in uh, Big Mouth. Where it's like that guy, the floaty guy with the Harry Potter accent. <laughs> uh, the seriously, the intro music to this, like uh, Big Mouth's intro music, it's the old timey, like, going yeah. through changes. This one is uh, Janelle Monet does the intro music, and she does play a character in this as well in one of the episodes as a guest star. Um, fantastic intro music. Like I seriously, sometimes I have a hard time skipping it. Uh, I ended up binging it all in one day. <laughs> wow, really? I, it, I mean, 10 episodes in one day? They're 30 minutes. Oh, okay. So they're pretty easy. Okay, fair enough, yeah. Harry Winkler is uh, Keith from Grief. Keith from Grief. So they he's just love the, those rhyming names. He's okay. a he's a grief sweater, basically, monster. He's like, you need to come. Like, 
get into your grief. Like, you need to accept your grief. Oh, wow. Because there's a character who's like, I don't have time to grieve. I have stuff to do. And so he's like, no, you need to grieve, which honestly happens. And in that episode, I sent Rev a text message. I cried at the end of that episode. The way they do uh, not only showing you grief and love and like actual like real life moments and the amount of inclusion in his shows, like, oh, I I, I don't want to give it away what happens, but. Oh, it was a mess. It was so well done. Like he knows Nick Kroll is a genius. Like he knows how to give you the funny and the filthy, but still give you real life stuff. That's amazing. So I definitely recommend, especially if you love Big Mouth. Like I said, all star cast. It's funny as all hell. If you don't like crude humor, you're not going to like this. <laughs> Fair but, enough. So that is your next task. If you're not going to watch the rest of Big Mouth, watch this. You don't need to watch Big Mouth to understand it, but there are plenty of references if you did. Nice. Nice. So that kind of gives the bonus of for somebody who has uh, watched all of it. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Vicky. Uh, this is fun because I love it when you get to experience something in the real world for something that might have been uh, something in your uh, fandom. And uh, it's taken almost 35 years, but the 1987 classic, The Princess Bride finally has an official cookbook. It includes over 50 recipes for dishes seen in and inspired by the movie. Some examples of dishes include the grandson's soup and sandwich, bread pirate Roberts, which I appreciate <laughs> for dread pirate Roberts, Inigo Montoya's taste of revenge, two wolves kiss cookies, oh my god, Fezzik stew, and Vizzini's Sicilian meatballs. Unfortunately, it doesn't come out until December 6th. Makes but, sense. But it is available for pre-order on Amazon for about 25 bucks. I thought that this is amazing. And it's one of those things that we've seen with uh, Tara Theo Harris has done a lot of the uh, – she's done with the Geeky Hostess uh, some cooking of things during – I remember one of them was during uh, – gosh, it was one of the 24-hour um, charity gamings, uh, gaming extra sessions. Life? Yeah, Extra Life. And this was many years ago. But she was doing streaming for all the people that were gaming. And she was doing a cooking segment where she was making a whole bunch of different things. And I remember just like finger sandwiches mm. and all, all sorts of fun little tidbits and stuff like that. So I wanted to throw to you guys mm. what era or what world or what universe or what property would you love to have food created from, by, surrounded by, or like incorporated with? I need to say that the one I'm going to say, I will also need a little bit of what uh, one of the characters had as well. I'm going to say the Lord of the Rings universe, and I need a little bit of uh, Gandalf's pipe to be able to eat as much as I would like. Okay, a little bit of the (laughs) Hobbit's leaf. I understand where you're going with this. It's it's, it's illegal. Hobbit's leaf is legal here in the state of Washington, where we're from. Totally is. Recreational Hobbit's leaf. But like thinking of all the different uh, meals, and like I feel like Hobbits would have eaten, I don't want to say fancy meals, but just really delicious Really amazing meals. And I mean, Hobbits, one of their favorite things to do is eat. Uh, eat and hold parties, really, essentially. I mean, there's little party animals. And, I mean, that's where the second breakfast comes from. And I have to feel that every, not everything, but a lot of things would have to incorporate potatoes. I'm looking at, I decided to do some research. I'm like, what would the types of meals be? Yeah. Because we do know, like, you know, you got your 11sies. What's it? Breakfast, second breakfast, 11sies, luncheon, afternoon tea, dinner, and supper. Oh, so many. So many meals. So many. And uh, apparently a few years ago, there is a cinema that did, like, I think they did a couple of the movies. And you could pay for the tickets and food, 205 bucks. And 
they had all the different courses. So are you curious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hear I, this. I, I love wa- this. I kind of want to do this at my house. So first breakfast, it was mushroom crepes, crispy bacon, blood orange hollandaise, and herb Ooh. salad with fresh orange juice mimosa. See, I'm not mimosa. a big fan of hollandaise, but I'll be <sighs> honest. If I'm, I'll try it. Like oh, I'll try it and see how that's going because that's something that's outside of the norm, especially with the blood orange. I was gonna say yeah, because they usually do lemon juice in a in a hollandaise sauce. So I feel like that would be a nice substitute. Yeah, uh, I'm not really sure what this is. I think it's a type of uh, cheese <laughs> or meat. It's pain perdue. Pan perdu. Oh, what is, is it? It is French, and uh, I thought it was something like. Uh, oh, it's French toast. Like oh. I was like, I was like, I think it was, a, I think it was a pancake sort of thing. And yeah, I mean, it's like, yes. I was trying to remember where it was from, and I had to look it up. But uh, yeah, pan perdu. I'm using that Duolingo there to get my French in. Uh, is French toast because if you're in France, if you have French toast, it's just toast. <laughs> I wonder if it's stuffed. Oh mm. man, that might be it's still oh. French toast with like a berry compote oh. on top. Oh no, Ooh. it what has fancy. Look, what they they have a pan perdu, Grand Marnier ginger butter, strawberries. It toasted almonds and honey. See, I know why this is costing two hundred and five bucks. <laughs> oh no, two hundred and five bucks is cheap. If you, this includes the movies too, I guess yeah. If you're doing like fourteen hours of movies too, uh, <laughs> depends yeah. on if it's the extended it, cut or and not. And it comes with Meridian Hive Discovery Mead. Ooh, eleven Z's is venison sausage, house pickles, braised red cabbage, toasted rye, house mustard with. Independence and credits hop brownie. <laughs> brownie. <laughs> I love brownies. Uh, luncheon is pistachio crusted rainbow trout, palms dauphinés, arugula, radish, lemon herb bureau blanc. I don't know what any of that a lot is. Of, a lot of French stuff. A lot of French blanc stuff. Means white. With a pecan <laughs> porter. Uh, afternoon tea, you get lemon pound cake, yeah, nice. macerated blackberries, blackberry jam, whipped cream, shortbread crumbles, mm. hot tea, add a shot of uh, Tillamore Dew Irish whiskey for a few bucks. Makes sense. I would add, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, dinner is Denther's roasted game hen, cherry tomatoes, roasted pecan stuffing, and Cabernet jus, so like au jus. Wow. With an Austin Easter Cider original dry cider. Damn, this sounds great. <sighs> when did they do this? This looks like it was in 2020. Well, yeah, that's... Damn. <laughs> uh, for supper, they had honey whipped mascarpone, which I'm, I'm okay with not having whipped... Oh, wait, no, sorry. Mascarpone is cheese, not the fish. Sorry. Oh, whipped fish? <laughs> I merely went into like a uh, friend's episode where she whipped some salmon. It's like, it's whipped salmon. It's whipped fish. What do you want me to do? No. No. <laughs> honey whipped ma- mascarpone, shaved prosciutto, sharp cheddar, fig jam, crusty be- uh, bread with a fancy rosé. And it all comes with like lembas bread, which I'm not sure what that is, but I want it. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh my god, like this is bread. such a good idea. I love that. I feel that uh that right there. I mean, I don't think I could ever recreate any of those things, but it would be nice to have it done and, and eat the, it. And the Limboss bread is the bread that they have in Lord of the Rings. It kind of looks like the little cakes where it's like you take one nibble and it'll feed a man for weeks. And it's the word about it's like how many have you had? Like four? <laughs> like the hobbits ate a bunch because they have big stomachs. But I mean, maybe not go this grandiose, but I feel like making every meal special while having a whole day to just watch the movies. Yeah. Sounds amazing. That sounds fantastic. Joe, what uh what world, what dimension, what uh what property would you love to be a part of and eat? Well, in a way similar to Vicky's, I would also want to spend a day just eating as much as humanly possible. Fair so enough, yeah. I would have to pick the Hunger Games seventy fifth year banquet where they all those rich people Oh, yeah, at the Capitol. Yeah, literally threw a party where you just take pills so you can keep eating. No, I think it was so you could throw up and then eat more. Exactly. Well, maybe if you could just avoid the whole throwing up part, but... (laughs) 
Yeah. And it's literally, you just go to essentially a dinner party, but it's all day, and it's just like levels and levels and levels of finger foods, followed by main courses and alcohol. I mean, how could you go wrong? The decadence in that would be fantastic. You're trying to eat for literally an entire day straight. Yeah, I've tried to do that, by the way. It doesn't work out great. Would you like to dress up all fancy, too? Of course. Oh, oh my yeah. God, let's do it. I'm in. I'm fancy in. party. Now, I don't know how long we'd last. I mean, it probably starts at 11 a.m., and I'd probably be done by about 12 p.m., but you know. I, I literally went to Google and typed in, like, Hunger Game Feast, and I did find some menus, if you guys are curious. They're yeah, not as yeah. long and elaborate as the other ones. Yeah, hit it up. Uh, but for the Hunger Games menu, the appetizer is a thick carrot soup with cumin and leeks pureed until smooth and garnished with crispy bacon. That sounds fun because I love like thicker soups. I love uh, You're a soup guy. I do <laughs> love soup. Like butternut squash soup is probably one of my favorite, mm-hmm. most favorite soups. So I would be down for a carrot soup. I'm with you on that, Ref. Soup's like my favorite appetizer. Really? Absolutely. Oh, oh that's yeah, awesome. yeah. So for the entree, I know you were a vegetarian for a long time, so I'm curious to see what you say about this. Pan-seared New Zealand lamb chops with creamy mashed potatoes and a side salad. I'd try it. Because I'm assuming you've never had lamb. Never had a lamb chop. Yeah, lamb chops and pork chops were like a a staple growing up as a kid. I don't know know why, but that was one of the ones that we would always have. So it would be a nice kind of even just kind of go back uh, memory sort of food. a ratatouille kind of situation. Yeah, yeah, invokes the memory. Right, where it's like you had that rustic meal growing up and now it's a fancier version, but it still gives you the same feelings. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for dessert, a flourless chocolate cake, warm chocolate cake served with lightly whipped cream. Ooh. Simple. Yeah. Simple, but it still sounds super tasty. I can have a whole lot of room after that chop anyways. Yeah, right. And I, then I, I I'm mean, looking at the pictures and the food looks fantastic. I love this. I love this idea. <laughs> First off, I love talking about food. I, now, I think we need to just have a whole podcast where it's us talking about nerdy food things like come up with menus for yeah. these things. Yeah, so keep on giving us some suggestions and or even if you guys got some ideas. Now the one that I have is from the actual cookbook because they made a Skyrim cookbook. Oh. So it's the Elder Scrolls, the official cookbook, which you can find on Amazon and I believe that uh, like I mentioned Tara, she might have done something from this previously before as well, but I came up with my own menu on this one, uh, starting off with the starter uh, I would go with the uh, with the hot mud crab dip. Ooh. And they say, let's face it, we've all been chased around by these pesky oversized crabs. <laughs> now you can take your revenge on those self-important crustaceans mm. by mixing them into this tasty dip. It does look good. They bring friends, so why shouldn't you feed them to yours? <laughs> uh, for the uh, for the main course, I was looking at getting the I'm looking for, oh, the again, going back to chops, uh, the juniper lamb chops. Juniper grows best in the southwest of Skyrim, but its sharp flavor is enjoyed across the entire region. Sheep are commonly found in herds of Tamriel, so procuring lamb chops shouldn't be difficult. Just be sure to always carry a few apples with you in order to lure them in your direction. <laughs> and then finally, as a uh, as the dessert, Shielgrath's Strawberry Tarts. Mm. Wine in a fruit tart? That's madness. Or genius. Or perhaps a bit of both, because the line between the two is very narrow. The line of neighbors waiting around your summary dessert, however, will probably go longer with time. Very excited to hear see all those, and I might have to pick up that old Skyrim cookbook to get some of those. And of course, the sweet rolls, because everyone loves sweet rolls, but <sighs> those could be for a late night snack. I almost want to do like a TikTok or YouTube channel of us doing all these things, but should. since we don't have that, I will recommend it. Reminds reminds me of this TikTok uh, 
creator, his name is, well, it's called Quincy's Tavern. Mm-hmm. Quincy LK is the, uh, the, the whole um, little tag thing. And he is phenomenal. Like he'll, he looks like he's got a whole D and D tavern kind of vibe. Nice. And he'll give you recipes. He'll show you drinks. And he just sits there and talks like, "Hello, my friends." You feel like you're sitting. You are a traveler and a D and D campaign. Cool. And you're going up to him like, "Hey, like I want to order something." And he looks like he like passes it to you. He did like, "Oh, today's special is the golden bowl." Like you know, noodles and ah. Uh. See, Vicky, I got a steampunk bar. I mean, maybe in, uh, right. you, you know how to TikTok, so maybe uh, we uh, suddenly make an account or something like that. But you live like two hours away from me. I know. We'll have to just do a whole bunch over a weekend or something. I don't right. know. Right. Like, oh, he makes like a skillet <laughs> brownie, some different like health potions, quote unquote. Like, he is phenomenal. And he's just, it's very ASMR relaxing. So I just like listening to him and like making all these different oh, things. He's nice. just so, it's so sweet. So if you can check it out, I'm sure he's on other places like YouTube and stuff. Uh, and you, he, oh yeah, he's on Twitch as well. So definitely. I would love to hear everyone's suggestions as well. Um, because we only do, we just hit on a couple of them, mm-hmm. Hunger Games, Lord of the Rings and Skyrim. There's so many more multiverses out there. Hell, I mean, on Friday we talked about Star Trek and, uh, I mean, even Lost in Space, they had to have food in Lost in Space, right? Uh, Hopefully. so I think one of the, <laughs> if you've watched the Lost in Space, the new one, I think the dessert would be Oreos because. I love Oreos. Watch Lost in Space and you'll get Double the stuffed. reference. <laughs> uh, but honestly, if you give us like a rec- pick a pick a genre, pick a thing, and we'll make you a menu. Yeah, Joe, like that we would all be love cool food. Too. Yeah, Joe, you know you studied a little bit about food, and, and I eat a lot of that. I do too. <laughs> oh, me too. And I almost studied food and then gave that up, but I still love it and would love to give you recommendations. Exactly. Moving on into the Star Wars universe, Samuel L. Jackson thinks it's about time to bring back his purple lightsaber-wielding Star Wars character, Mace Windu. Now, if you remember in Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, Anakin cut off Mace's right hand, and Emperor Palpatine electrocutes him right out the window, yeeted his ass right on there. (laughs) But did he die? Now, if there's no body... There maybe isn't, because we've even seen that there's a precedent sent in the Star Wars universe with Darth Maul. Uh, spoiler alert, he, uh, he did get chopped in half, but uh, he decided to uh, come back for more. Uh, Samuel does not think that Mace Windu died. On Josh Horowitz's Happy, Sad, Confused podcast, he said, quote, There is a huge history of people with one hand returning in Star Wars, most famously Luke Skywalker. He's already asked Bryce Dallas Howard because he just did a movie with her, and she's directed episodes of The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett. Quote, I said, so you think I might be able to you might be able to hook a brother up? I mean, like me, right? She said, I love you. You're amazing. I said, so put me back in. Put me in, coach. I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'll learn the lightsaber left-handed. Come on. So he's willing to make it happen. So uh, I would love to see even, I mean, they've done that in terms of just like having the characters uh, kind of make uh, like small appearances, many different characters across both like many seasons of The Mandalorian, Boba Fett. And uh, usually bringing back characters from, like, Rebels or something along those lines. So it stands to reason that they could do something with Mace Windu, which I would love to see, even if it was maybe before the time. Or, seriously, like, I mean, let let him have just, like, they have robot hands out there. Like, have him survive it. He's a force-wielding Jedi. He can not fall to his death because we've seen all that stuff happen in the movies. He needs to come back. It's awesome because in that interview uh, where Samuel Jackson was like, hey, I want to be in, uh, he mentioned Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, she's she's a phenomenal director. Like, I mm-hmm. didn't know until I've seen her do all these things. And she retweeted yeah. and commented just like the eyeballs, like looking over like, hey, 
So hey. the side glances of being like, mm, She's maybe like three pairs of eyeballs. Like, hmm, what's uh, what's this over here? Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, I love it. But uh, again, let us know. Go back to the, co- the 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 food stuff. We want to hear about your food because we love food. But now it is time for the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got? Um, I, this is something that we all love doing is when watching a movie and we're like. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a weird plot point, huh? Hmm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Especially uh, if you talk with Joe, who yep. uh, will get stuck on um, time travel and uh, other interesting things. And these interesting are things. Plot <laughs> points, not necessarily plot holes. Oh, okay. So it's just like, oh, okay. So this must mean this. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Like the first one. This is from BoardPanda.com. Someone pointed out if Wookies have a four hundred year lifespan. Then Han Solo is basically like Chewbacca's third dog. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I mean. Okay, so these are like shower thoughts about plots. <laughs> I, yeah. I think that's a better way to describe them. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's <laughs> funny. But, uh, I mean, not wrong either. I mean, this one's a little bit more on the grim side. Uh, the rich sending the children of the poor to die in combat in Hunger Games is actually the norm throughout human history. Yeah, yeah. This isn't new. Uh, how about in Beauty and the Beast, both animated and live action? The townsfolk might have liked Belle from Beauty and the Beast more if she hadn't constantly danced in ta- around town singing about how boring they all are. <laughs> all right, yeah, that's fair. Because I just remember I just remember that whole opening song from the animated, I haven't seen the live action one, is just the whole townsfolk roasting her. But I also forgot that she was the one who started it. Yeah, she was kind of roasting This them. place is so boring. It's like, well, you're a bookworm. Meh. Yeah, it's like you with your bread that you always have. Your eh, bread, right? <laughs> bread. I <laughs> wish bread, I had bread. bread. I want bread. Oh, bread's delicious. <laughs> uh, number four being uh, Harry Potter is way too emotionally stable for a kid raised by a family who hates him. You know, he's just learned how to deal with that BS, I feel. You I, know, we all have our own coping mechanisms. I'm like, I, I know a few people who have been raised by families that love and spoil the crap out of them, and they are some of the most insufferable people. <laughs> you know what's funny? That The first movie was on a little while ago, and I watched like maybe 10 minutes of it. I forgot they shoved him underneath the stairs so many times. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was his little room. <laughs> that and, was his room. And I'm like, man, that would be traumatizing. It's like, back to your room, Harry. You know what the weirdest thing is? Uh, when I went... And I, uh, I I did the air uh, Airbnb D and D weekend with my buddies. Mm-hmm. The farmhouse they had had a kids room and it had little stickers on it but it was literally under it was a, a spot awesome. under the stairs and it was really made up super cute because it had the uh had like a little bedding set up there was and it like, like a stickers. reading nook or something yeah 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 and it had one of those little push lights so it could awesome. light up it and everything and i was just every time i thought i was just like seems a little harry potter to me mm-hmm. on this one Hell yeah. Uh, This one is, okay, this is very much a shower thought. Uh, If a sequel to a movie, and I would say even TV shows, doesn't have the screenwriters or directors from the first movie in it, it's basically just a high-budget fan fiction. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Whether or not they were a fan of the original or not, like it could just be a... Right, like a just fiction fiction. I, I don't know what a fan fiction is. A fiction non fiction. Fa- non fiction fan fiction. fiction. I don't know. I hate this. I'm going to write a movie about it. That's probably happened a lot of times and we just don't know. Like someone watched some bad sci-fi show and they're like, you know what? I can do this better. Right. And then we get Star Trek or something. It's crazy. All right. Well, how about Superman's most unappreciated power? 
Ooh. It's not the laser beams. I think, didn't he blow, like, he wasn't able to, like, blow ice or something out of his mouth in, like, uh, the cartoons? He had, like, super cold breath. Yeah. yeah I even remember that from uh, the old Superman. I don't know if that's been a, <clears throat> a new thing that he's actually used at any point. Well, his unappreciated power is his extraordinary fine motor skill. So he has almost unlimited strength and can literally move mountains, yet is able to shake someone's hand without inadvertently ripping it off their arm. That's okay. really fair. Yeah. I mean, that's like one of those things where you don't think about the amount of restraint you need. And that was even another thing I remember from like a Spider-Man comic where Spider-Man is never using his full potential power because he doesn't want to actually hurt people. So when you get into it, even against the villains and such, like having that control and trying to pretend that you're someone like Clark Kent and then now all of a sudden you're like, oh, no, yeah, I could just I could crush your entire like your entire body with just almost a mere thought. Right. But I will just firmly shake your hand. That reminds me of the boys, uh, the la- almost the ending of the last season where uh, the two super, essentially Superman, Superman and Superwoman are fighting each other, Homelander mm-hmm. and uh, oh, I can't remember her name right now. Oh, man. And, he, and he's and yeah, she, yeah. And she's sitting there and, he's, and she's like. Harder, and he's like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Shoot me with your laser beams oh, more." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Stormfront. Yeah. That is yeah. right. She's like, "Come on!" And and you're like, "You are weird." And you could see it. And he's like, "I've never had to go all out like this before. This is kind of fun." Yeah, right. <sighs> now I'm thinking, what the other ones? Meg? No. Meg. <laughs> no. What's her name? Okay, that's gonna bother me. Anyways, uh, I'll look it up later. Uh, another one being uh, Batman could prevent more crime by investing money into Arkham Asylum security measures. <laughs> Than being Batman. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you actually just put his money into like projects in the uh, in the community, you know, stuff like sh- that, you know, things that a billionaire might want to do, like eradicating homelessness, making sure everyone is fed, you know, giving proper education because that's a good way to start and end all the bad stuff. I do all love that. It's been, Batman thought that fist fighting was easier than fighting the political system. <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, you know, to, to be perfectly honest, and uh, uh, Vicky, it was Queen Maeve. Thank you. Yeah, for the boys. So I knew just it was everyone, an M. So everyone screaming at our uh, at their podcast <laughs> listening device uh, can get that resolution. It's not Queen Meg. No, Queen <laughs> Meg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the mo- most futuristic thing in the Star Wars universe is probably that planets are always seen as one unity and not hundreds of co- uh, countries. Yeah. Ooh, good like, point. It's very futuristic. Like, that's one of those things that, I mean, we're never going to get. Like, I don't think we're going to get something along those lines. To see it like that, yeah. I mean, it's probably just an easier way to kind of dumb it down, but it, I appreciate it. Uh, this one's more on the PG-13, uh, you know, so if you have children and you don't want them to hear stuff, <laughs> just cover the ears. <laughs> cover the ears. Uh, but it, in the Harry Potter universe, couples could take polyjuice potion and swap bodies then have sex with each other to see what it's like from both perspectives. Whoa. I, I never wanted to be a wizard more. <laughs> You're a wizard, Vicky! I wish! I don't know how I'd be with that. That, uh, that seems weird. Well, you'd have to experience it before you knew how you, you felt about you it. You probably would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, this is kind of cool. So, I don't know, this is actually been proven that uh, the main children from Harry Potter, the actors, were actually tutored while on set. So a lot of times they were actually doing their homework in some of the scenes. Funny. Uh, but so theoretically, they actually did go to school at Hogwarts. They did. They actually That's did. That's cool. That is actually really super cool because they can they can just say, that. oh, yeah, I went to Hogwarts. I was like, of course you went to Hogwarts. You're in the movie. He's like, no, I did schoolwork in Hogwarts. Right. <laughs> okay, this is very much... This might win the Shower Thought Award. Okay. You could cosplay as Winnie the Pooh with just a red shirt and confidence. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> definitely, 
that's a thing. Maybe some beige oh, underwear or something, too. Please, yeah. please at least wear just like a nude bodysuit or something. I mean, for the love of everything. For the love of bears mm. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, until next time, stay nerdy.